The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of hockey. Hi, I'm Carolyn. And I'm Erin. And this is Deep in the Heart of Hockey, a podcast about the Dallas Stars, fancy stats, and finally, Central Division shenanigans. Strictly Central Division this week. Just this week. I will have no talk of any other division in this entire NHL Hockey League. That's not true. That was redundant. But whatever, you know what I mean. No, I'm not talking about anything else, ever. (laughs) It is our 82nd podcast, and we are joined by a special guest, Bob Spencer, who is uh, self-described as a recovering podcaster himself. Thanks for joining us, Bob. Are you not doing your podcast anymore, Bob? No. The Hashtag Hockey Podcast is on indefinite hiatus, because Dan and I both have young children very young children so it was just um it was right on the edge of being too much before we had kids and now separately not together but uh we each have uh young sons so it just it was it was it was right on the edge of being too much before and now it's just uh yeah okay okay well that's too bad but you know thanks for coming on ours we do appreciate it and i mean yeah it's like you're we're all one big podcaster family Honestly, are you still writing for um, the other SB Nation page that I've forgotten the name of? I am not currently, nor was I ever. Oh, um, I knew you so were. there was some confusion there because Carolyn thought the same thing, but uh, <laughs> oh, and I also forgot the name of it at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Is it Hockey Wilderness, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, I never, I never uh, wrote for them. I used to write on my own blog, uh, hashtaghockey.com, but that's also on hiatus. Okay, okay, sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm not confusing you with anybody. I just tend to think that everybody does all of it. So, you know. Yeah, same, basically. Apologies is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, we have too many opinions just for one body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Way too many opinions just for one body. That is true. <laughs> Carolyn and I made the same mistake, though. That That's the part that really amuses me a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, could, I mean, honestly, like, forgetting something about the wild is fairly on brand for me. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to, again, I was going to be try to be polite about our guest's, like, favorite team. But no, that's true. Like, absolutely. I've, I never remember. <laughs> about the wild um so just like the rest of our division previews we're gonna go backwards through um, last year's regular season results which means that we get to start off with a really fun topic being mean <laughs> about the chicago blackhawks i it it has continually delighted me all summer where they finished last year it honestly was the best so we're in preseason now. We're in the thick of preseason. And I, if I remember correctly, the, like the Blackhawks have only won one preseason game so far. If that's not true, it feels true. It should be true. I mean, can, can we Google this really quick? We could Google it if we really care, but I don't care enough to Google it. I think, because well, I also try not to read into preseason. I just take delight whenever the Blackhawks are bad. Like, that's what I relish. Um, regardless okay. of... Well, they've mm-hmm. played three, they've won one, but the one they won was against the Senators, so I don't really feel yes. like it even counts. Mm-hmm. Right, like, oh no, we beat the worst team in the entire NHL. They lost the Blue Jackets and the Red Wings before that. Oh no, the Red Wings are so bad. 
Yeah, they lost 4-2 to the Red Wings. Oh, gosh. Do you see any way Chicago is not last this year in the Central? Uh, I think I think somebody else. I, I think, well, until last. I could see them somehow overperforming, but only up to, like, let's say sixth. I mean, it's just not. I, I just It's not in the cards. Yeah. Um, but then again, I should say, I, I can't be objective about the Blackhawks, so... I feel like that's going to happen a lot in this in this preview that we have here in the Central because none of us can be objective about our 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 division. Mm-hmm. But uh, or at least I can't, and I don't really try very hard. So you know, there's also that. But that is the key. The Blackhawks have done nothing to address their central problems. So what? How are they expected to do anything better than what they've already done if nothing has changed? The only thing that's changed are the teams around them, and like most of them have gotten better. So I'm pretty confident all other six teams. Yeah. Have so better. I don't. I mean, I could like like Bob said, I could see them overperforming to maybe one above the bottom, but I just don't see how they recover from what they did, what how they performed last year. They've done nothing. So the betting odds this year have Chicago as the long shot, not only to to win the division, but they're over under on points is the same as Colorado this year. Right now, both sit at 86 and a half points. So to answer the original question, they could be a close, you know, sixth. Six and seven could be very close. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Colorado, whatever. I am a little, uh, I think, I mean, yes, obviously a lot of it, a lot of this has to do with my, like, emotional opinions of the Chicago Blackhawks. But also they signed Cam mm-hmm. Ward. As their backup goalie. I thought I read he was going to start for them. If Crawford can't go, I mean, I guess he's still dealing with some. I mean, if he's injured, yeah. Like, that makes sense. But also, it's Cam Ward. <laughs> like, what makes them think he'll be any different in Chicago than he was in Carolina? Hopes and prayers? I don't even know. <laughs> I mean. Oh, my gosh. And yeah, the- in a lot of ways, Chicago buys into its own hype all the damn time. So maybe they're looking at Carolina and being like, well, it's fucking Carolina. Of course he's going to perform better behind our guys, but no, he's not. So I think Chicago actually has a worse defense. I, that doesn't surprise me even a little bit at all. Not in the slightest. I was a little shocked this summer that Brent Seabrook didn't get moved. I thought, I thought for sure Stan Bowman would wiggle out of that one. Well, he did not. not I'm not upset about that. I just... He's been so good every summer at, like, getting rid of his bad contracts. And also, they added back Marcus Kruger. Like, what is this? Like, he's beautiful, but, like, that's not helpful. No, that's not going to do much of anything. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But that's what I'm saying. They're not, they're not addressing their aging core. They're not addressing any of, like, things that they need to take care of to actually be competitive again. So, mm-hmm. like, who cares? They're not going to do anything. They had their runs. They weren't actually a, a dynasty because that's not how modern day dynasties works. But I mean, they, they had their time in the sun and now it's time for them to just be shitty for a while. Yep. And I'm really not sad about it. One last note on the Blackhawks. The only player that I'm interested in or excited in is uh, Alex DeBrincat. Cause I think he could be, I think he could be good. Obviously not enough to carry the team, but I'll try to draft him on my fantasy team. I'll tell you that much. I hope he gets traded <laughs> so he can live a fulfilled life. <laughs> I didn't know that I wanted that either, but sure. (laughs) So I guess the big question 
is has the next team on our list, Dallas, done enough this summer to be competitive? My heart wants to say yes. I know I feel like uh. we're gonna I feel like I feel like we're gonna be better than we were last year. I feel like we I feel like I feel like we could be a playoff team this year. I think I don't I don't see us I don't see us being anywhere more than near the near the bubble though. You know what I mean? Like I don't see us like taking the entire Western conference the way that we did a couple of seasons ago. Like I don't know though. We I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just I I optimism is a hard thing. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't want to be disappointed yet again. So I think we're going to I think we're going to yeah. be better than last year. I I I know in my heart we're going to be better than last year. But I just can't allow myself to have the confidence of saying we are definitely going to make it in the playoffs and we're cup contenders. You know what I mean? It's just too hard. It feels to me like their best case is actually maybe I would put them kind of uh, certainly the wild the last couple of years, but probably even the wild this year. Best case for the stars is they make their way into the playoffs and just get destroyed by a Nashville or Winnipeg or, you know, like if you, if, if they make the playoffs and then just get bounced right away in the first round, is that, is that a successful season? Are you going to be happy about that? No. I'm not happy with them getting bounced in the first round. We've been there before. If they're going to get bounced, it needs to be in the fi- in the conference finals. I'm not I'm not happy if they just make it to the first round. Yeah, I think for me, my expectations. I think my expectation is making the playoffs for sure. I think my expectation of the playoff will have to be based on the seeding. If they play, for instance, like the Jets in the first round, well. <laughs> I'm already resigned if <laughs> you're losing that <laughs> matchup. You know what I mean? Like, we're just fucking awful against the Jets. Like, we've been awful against the Jets even when we were good. Like, it's one of those Every things. team is awful against the Jets, though. So. I guess, yeah. It's just one of those things, though, that I'm, I'm not... I'm not going to set my expectations for the team until I... I'm trying really hard not to set my expectations mm-hmm. for the team because I don't... I don't know enough about how we're going to perform. I think for me, I am really disappointed that we haven't, I think done. I don't think we've done enough to upgrade our depth. I'm a little more optimistic after seeing a or, you know, really honestly hearing about a in the preseason. He seems to be making better choices on ice, which is kind of his big deal. Like when he was playing with us before, he wasn't particularly high in that hockey IQ kind of uh, scenario. And that's always made me a little bit down on him compared to some other prospects. Um, but he seems to be choosing the better options rather than the easy options now. And that's good. But I don't... I'm, I'm worried... I'm a little bit worried about Jason Spezza. I do think he will be used correctly yeah. this year. But I don't know if he's a 60-point Jason Spezza. He may only be a 40-point Jason Spezza, and we really do need a 60-point Jason Spezza. I also feel like so much is up in the air, too, because I just don't know what Monty is going to be like as a coach. I mean, mm-hmm. when in previous seasons, yeah, you didn't necessarily know exactly how Hitchcock was going to use each individual player, but you knew what kind of a coach Hitchcock was. And we went into last season prepared for what happened to last season. And this season, we're like, Ooh, I mean, everything that Monty is saying and doing, I love so far, but that's not necessarily 
going to carry us through the entirety of the regular season. I really, really like his theory. I, like, dude, I have, we have had conversations about it. I am ready and willing to lay my life down for him if he needs it. He t- talks about his players like they're real people with emotions and needs. Yes, I know. I love it. I've never seen a coach do that. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that they, there aren't coaches who do, but like, not in Dallas there nope. haven't been since I've been following. Nope. It's new and different and and beautiful. It's beautiful. It's like a like a blooming rose. <laughs> it's exactly like a blooming rose. That's true. One thousand percent. You were right on first it. sunrise I've ever seen. <laughs> You're like Trinity going above the clouds in the Matrix and seeing the sun for the first time. Oh, my God. Exactly. <laughs> like, without what happened to her, tragically, just like two seconds later. Okay, <laughs> we're, not, we're not doing that. Uh, so we do have one question, actually, which is surprising. We don't have more because this is a Dallas Stars podcast. But Andrew, too cool for Cali, LA, asks, is there a spot on the Stars for Jamel Smith above the fourth line? I mean, right now? I don't know. He ha- I feel like he has the potential, for sure. With the, with the makeup of the team right now, I just don't know. Yeah, I don't see how he would fit, where yeah. he would fit, really. Barring injury. Sure, and like, let's just fucking hope no injuries occur. I don't need that. And I think the other thing is, I don't even think he has a lock on a spot on no. the fourth line. I want him to. I'm a big Absolutely. fan. But I don't think that's anywhere near assured. In fact, I don't know what the hell that fourth line is going to look like at all. I think we have a pretty good thought of like lines one, two, and three, but four looks like it could just be a blender. Like we've got Smith, we've got Ellie, we've got Dickinson. Yeah. Like basically everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Because if we, if we think it's Ben Sagan, Radulov, first line, ops. Uh, Janmark Svetsakomo, very, very likely on the second line. And then uh, Pitlick, Foxa, Natushkin on the third line, which is what it looks like it's shaping up to be. Everybody else is competing for that three fourth line spots. And there are a lot of guys who are pretty decent that could be on that mm-hmm. fourth line. So I don't know. I mean, like I said, I feel like he could perform his way there, but I just don't I don't I don't see it happening at the start of the season for sure. Apparently he had a really, really nice little goal last night in the uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. No, that wasn't Tulsa. It was, uh, was it Oklahoma City? It was Oklahoma was it City, I think, wasn't it? I think it was Oklahoma City. I think you're right. But Hanson sang the national anthem. Who did? What? Hanson. What? Yeah. Hanson was there, and they sang the national anthem for the exhibition. <laughs> oh, no, it wasn't Tulsa. I just Googled. Oh, okay. Well, that makes a lot more sense about why Hanson was there as I show off my Hanson knowledge, because that's their hometown. When you were young, which Hanson brother did you want to marry? The middle one, Taylor, I think. Everybody wanted to marry Taylor. <laughs> Are we doing MFK with the Hanson brothers right now? <laughs> we can. <laughs> so the little one was too young for me, so definitely kill him. Marry Taylor. And I guess I guess it would be fuck that little one whose name I can't remember. Isaac, maybe? Yeah, Isaac. And then Zach was the little one, right? <laughs> Why do I know these people's names? <laughs> do you know the last time I even looked at what their first names were? It has been a long time. I can't believe you ever thought you would I can't that. believe how hard <laughs> my brain holds on to the most inconsequential knowledge ever. But I can't remember the name of people I see weekly. Like... <laughs> 
I oh man, brains are stupid. I have a uh, stars question for you, for you guys. For oh, you okay. too. Um, oh, okay. Well, it's Shoot. not phrased in the form of a question. Talk to me about Greg Patteron. Oh right, he's on Minnesota now. Uh, he's fine, I guess. I yes, it's, I mean, he's 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 good at he he's good at what he does for the most part. Uh, I think he was really really good in Hitchcock's system because it played to his strengths, which was don't try to move the puck. Um, it was basically stop other people from shooting the puck. So I think he has a pretty. Good... I mean, what, he he was good at shot suppression in general. Was mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. He has a really good, I think, awareness in his own zone of where he needs to be positioned. Not good at moving it forward, though. But their offense died when he was on the ice, and part of that was coaching. Like he literally, I I am convinced that Ken Hitchcock told him not to do anything other than defense. Well, he did zone. that well, and he did he did that. Quite well. He and and Dan Hamuse were literally the best pair at defensively in the NHL last year. So, if you can get half of that performance with a bump on offense, you'll be quite as quite a useful third pair defenseman. Well, that's good to know. I mean, that's pretty much all the Wild are going to ask him to be. I mean, it's kind of a well, uh, to a certain well, level managing expectations because yeah. Know. I think if fans expect him to have the same performance that he did in the Hitchcock system, they would be wildly disappointed. Yeah, and I know, Carolyn, you are very uh, have a very strong position of defense doesn't win games, and I'm totally with you on that. But <laughs> I don't know how you if, found that out. <laughs> my feeling is if you're gonna, you know, if 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 you're gonna bring somebody in for that purpose, you know, he he seems like a good one uh, for that role. So mm-hmm. my main issues with Patterson were not anything about him and a whole lot about how mm. he was used, which isn't his fault. Which is not his fault. Yeah, I don't blame him for that. And I think you guys got actually a very reasonable deal. I thought he was going to go for a lot more after the season he put up. So Nice. So another defensively sound team got an upgrade at center this year. Uh, so St. Louis brought in Ryan O'Reilly to try and make themselves even more of a contender. Gross. How are we feeling about St. Louis? Well, you say even more of a contender, but they missed the playoffs last year. They missed the Okay, well, so here's St. Louis, Dallas, and Colorado were all within two points of each other, basically. And I think that speaks to the fact that the Central Division is a meat grinder. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I think just as much as Dallas is a bubble team, playoff team, St. Louis has to be also. Yeah, and to your point, I mean... The difference between third place and sixth place in this in this division is just a handful of points. Yeah, it's like five points or something. Like Minnesota had 101 and Colorado had 95. So six points, three games out of 82. And that's probably in division games, considering how many games are played in division in the, the Central. But do you think the Ryan O'Reilly trade puts them over the top? Do you think that's what they needed? I think that's uh, very hopeful. <laughs> saying that that puts them over the top <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like that's a little Pollyanna of them to think that all their problems are gone but maybe I mean who knows sometimes it is just one person yeah I think it is a step forward I don't think it's a bad thing to get him certainly no. um I just don't know if it's like like you say I don't know if it this pushes them over the top whatever that looks like for this team what I mean you you're a wild fan you know Mike Yo. yeah what do you think that you guys me. are close personal friends, right? <laughs> oh, we have a history. Oh, 
It's complicated on your Facebook status. Very much. What do you think he will do for the the Blues this year? I mean, the same thing I think he's always done. I think, um, I don't know, I, I, I liked him well enough when he coached for the Wild. He took over that team when they were in kind of a bad spot and made them into a better spot. But I just don't, I just feel like he, he coaches not to lose instead of coaches to win. I just think he's his his philosophy, his whole style of of coaching, um, obviously has had some success with, with it. It's just hard for me to it's it's just hard to get excited about about Mike Yo as your as your bench boss. I agree. I do like that you can make a lot of puns with his name. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> cool, Carolyn. <laughs> that was that was that was that was cool. Good job. Thanks. Thanks. There's a lot of, I think what's interesting to me is that both St. Louis and Buffalo think they won the Ryan O'Reilly trade. I tend to believe that Ryan O'Reilly oh, went back the other way. Some prospects and a pick, if I remember correctly. And there was a pretty decent prospect in there. Like, don't get me wrong, but like, it was nobody, it wasn't like a first round pick. Like, I mean, not, not, I shouldn't say first round pick, because I think he did go in the first round, but it wasn't like a top five. It was a first 2019, second 2021, Tage Thompson, Sabotka, Berglund. Uh, Tage Thompson is the prospect I was talking about. So he did go in the first round, but he was like 29th pick or something like that. Pierre Lebrun thinks that the Sabres won the trade. And I think, to be honest, the, the Blues won the trade. Like, I'm not, like, I mean, a first-round pick is really good, so there is that for sure. But, like, also, the Blues are still probably good enough regardless to land middle of the pack. <laughs> well, they also had a, they had a Tyler Bozak as well, which we haven't mentioned. Yeah, that's right. We did forget it. Well, that's because I forget about Tyler Bozak. Like, you know one cares about him? Because he's not in Toronto anymore. Yeah, I forget about him all the time. The SB Nation site for the Buffalo Sabres, Die by the Blade, says that the... 2019 pick might be on the late side considering the Blues are loading up for a long playoff run. What do we think about that? Do we think that they're going to have a long playoff run? I have two words for you. Jake Allen. (laughs) Again, as a wild fan, there's history there. Okay, so uh, as with all of the, you know, can't be objective because uh, we hate Oh, no. We as Stars fans are also familiar with Jake (laughs) Allen. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I remember writing many, many, many an article about the force field that he puts up in front of his fucking bed. Which collapsed in the next round. Yeah! Yeah, that was some bullshit. Collapsed against us! I think they're, they are loading up for a long playoff run. I think that's an right, accurate but statement. Going I don't to know. Actually have a long playoff run is my question. Fuck if, fuck if I know. I think it's Jake Allen. I think it's like you said. I think if... Fuck, if Ben Bishop starts playing like Ben Bishop did when Tampa made the final that one time... There are these are goalies that we're talking about that are fairly average goalies as a rule, but being average does mean that you are ava- you have the ability to have long streaks of ex- of sustained good, uh, sustained mm-hmm. good play, like Mark Andre Fleury did this past time around. I would consider Mark Andre Fleury an average to good goalie, but that means that he is prone to having good. I streaks. feel like somebody in the comments is going to fight you about Mark Andre Fleury. He is an average to good goalie. He's always been an average to good goalie, even on the Penguins, even though they like to trash him. But he was always an average to good goalie. I know! <laughs> Jeez! I, I am preempting the person in the comments. Okay, 
That's cool. That's all I'm doing. Fine. So if we're talking about goaltending, Colorado made some pretty big shifts in goaltending. What did Colorado do? They traded for Brooks Orpik and Philip Grubauer. And then they bought out Brooks Orpik, but they have Philip Grubauer. So they have basically Braden Holtby's backup from that Stanley Cup run. I think they're planning on doing a 1A, 1B kind of setup with Varlamov. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think, and I mean, this is just conjecture, but I'm pretty confident they don't want to re-sign Varlamov after the season, which I think is when his uh, contract runs out. So they're really looking to get their next starter out of Grubauer. Yeah, I think that's probably, I think I would agree with you. I think that's probably their 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 plan or their hope. <laughs> is that Maddie? That is definitely Madeline. So loud. She's got strong Philip Grubauer uh, opinions. Uh, yeah, let's 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 she hear does. from let's hear from the peanut gallery about their fellow group hour opinions. And I don't know why my cats are like this. I don't know. The only reason mine aren't is that Mary is also home. I can hear Mary laughing from the kitchen because she knows it's true. <laughs> Do we think so? Obviously, last year was a huge back, back bounce back year for Colorado after. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. That was a lot. Obvious. Obviously. After their historically bad year. It was a huge bounce back year after their historically bad year. Which one do you think is more of the fluke? I think the bounce back is the fluke. I think, I tend to think, and I'm, I'll have this sort of a similar opinion with the, the Jets. Um, I think it was a good mm-hmm. story for that club, but I tend to think some regression is in order, and I think Obviously not fair to them to say they'll go all the way back down to their their dreadful season, but I think the I think the bounce back um, was the fluke. Quick note: I didn't get to watch the game, but the Wild shellacked Phil Grubauer uh, last night to the tune of six goals, I believe. Oh wow, that's not confidence building. No, not even a little bit. I don't know. I tend to think the the bad year was the fluke more so the fluke. Well. To have a year that bad. Like I wouldn't actually put them in the I wouldn't put them in the playoffs this year because I think both Dallas and St. Louis are better than Colorado. But I don't think they'll be Chicago Blackhawks bad. I think maybe maybe this is a hedge, maybe this is a cop out. I think to have a, a season as bad as they had, a lot of things it was kind of a perfect storm of badness and then maybe as a bounce back, a lot of things kind of broke that way. So maybe it's uh mm-hmm. totally um sitting on the fence here, but probably safe to say they weren't as bad. As they were two years ago, but they weren't as good as they were last year. I know that's a, a giant hedge, but that's kind of my that's my my feeling. I mean, McKinnon is great. I love me some Nathan McKinnon. I've had him on my fantasy team every year. He's been in the league. Um, Landis Cog, fan of his as well. And um, who's the other? Who's the third uh, player on that line? Miko Rantanen. After that, uh, I mean, what is there really in terms of, of depth or even you know? So I think. On that team. Well, Alex Kerfoot actually performed pretty well last year as a rookie. Uh, Sven Andragetto is really pretty good. Uh, by the way, they won by seven goals. Right. <laughs> seven to nothing. Six were on Grubauer. Oh, oh no. Oh, damn. Wait, so they pulled the goalie after six? What, did, did Colorado think they were going to score seven, <laughs> six goals in the last minute with an empty net? Like, did that, is that really what they were thinking? Like, why would you wait for know. six goals to pull your goalie if you're going to pull your goalie? Just leave him in, buddy. Like, this is mean. Are they not doing the 30-minute thing that other people are doing? Oh, I don't know. 
I have not watched a single preseason game because the Dallas Stars won't air them. I'm actually going to the Colorado-Dallas preseason game on Wednesday. Well, that's a choice. Well, I'm sh- tickets will be cheap, and I live here. True. Fact. <laughs> and I'm pretty <laughs> sure <laughs> I've seen you there. It takes me, it's like a $7 Uber to get to the Pepsi Center from my house. Like, it's fine. <laughs> Uh, it's not like driving three hours to Dallas to go to a preseason game. I'll tell you what. I tell you different. what. <laughs> Can you take that again for me just so I have a good, clean clip of it? <laughs> I'll tell you what. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. So, Colorado, better or worse than the Chicago Blackhawks go? Better, but only by a little bit. Well, maybe a little bit more than a little bit, but moderately better. <laughs> Fair enough. But I would go, if I was doing, uh, you know, at the from the bottom of the division, Colorado, then a little bit better is, uh, excuse me, uh, at the very bottom of Chicago, then a little bit better is Colorado. And then all of the other teams, I think, are head and shoulders better than those two. So in another division, maybe they could, imp- you know, improve their, their momentum or keep that momentum going, but... Um, meat grinder. I mean, it, I mean, it's the the central division meat grinder, just like you said. Yeah, murder cat, death kill division. Bob, you probably have some opinions on this next team. How are we feeling about the Minnesota Wild this year? Personally, I am choosing to be optimistic about the Wild this year. I'm really last, impressed. Last year, I did not like some of the decisions that they made. Um, I know it's another kind of cliche, but I think. Addition by subtraction this year. Um, Daniel Winnick no longer on the team. Tyler Ennis no longer on the team. And these are, you know, these are these are depth moves. But since they're they're top, let's say nine, and certainly top four defense is pretty well locked up. I mean, these are the these are the only kind of moves that we're going to be seeing. So I'm choosing to be optimistic about this team. I don't have to root for Tyler Ennis anymore, <laughs> which is good. <laughs> um, Jordan Greenway, very excited about him. Yeah. Joel Erickson Eck is a, is a Really, a uh, player that I'm very excited to see continue to develop. I really, when I watch this kid, I really think he could be um, a star again. Uh, rather, a star player, not a star, mm-hmm. not a player on the stars, not a star player that <laughs> way. <one. laughs> no, we got it. Well, we do need a second line center at some point. I mean, I'm a big, actually, uh, Eric Snack fan, also. I saw him play, the first time I really saw him play was before he. I think before his rookie year at the the World Championships, and he was playing for Sweden, and I really liked mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Yeah, I really think uh, um, nothing but good things coming for him. Um, Greenway, uh, Luke Cunning too, who is injured. We won't see him for I think a couple of months, but uh, some um, you know size coming into this roster too. So I'm like I say, I'm choosing to be optimistic. I like certainly what the what the team looks like going into this year more than I did last year. There's no way Eric Stahl can have the year that he had last year, but again, I, I choose to ignore that. Um, he shot like 18%, so that's not just not going to happen. But you know, that was a, a welcome surprise. So yeah, that's pretty much all. That's that's pretty much all I can say is that I'm choosing to be optimistic this year. I I still don't. You know, fifth place could be in the cards for them. Sixth place maybe if uh, everything breaks wrong. I don't think they have a chance to to beat out Winnipeg or Nashville in the division. So it's kind of a, I guess you could say it's kind of a narrow. You know, 101 points last year in third with a roster that I didn't love, particularly in some of that depth. Um, you know, that was kind of as as good as they could hope to do. And then, um, you know, 
just abysmal showing against the Jets in the playoffs. So it's like the team that the, the team that that we have been over the past three to four years is probably what we're going to be going forward. It's really hard to see them making the third round. Let's say, I mean, miracles happen, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, uh, there's some things to like this year. What is your opinion of Bruce Boudreau as like a playoff coach? Like, obviously, has a huge reputation from when he was on the Ducks of being kind of a guy who chokes, especially in Game 7s, or Games 7, depending on who you ask. Uh, game 7 is correct. Uh, grammatically correct. <laughs> you didn't ask me, but it's like attorney's general. Uh, I, I, right? I'm going to have to agree with him as much as it pains me. <laughs> um, but also, a new team, new players, still, no play, still not the playoff success that we would want out of a guy who is generally known around the league as one of the better coaches. Like, what is your opinion of Boudreaux in the playoffs? Do you think he's the right coach for Minnesota? Do you think under him they can get something, like, get some success? I like Boudreaux quite a bit. Big fan. I, I think he's among the best coaches in the league. I don't go for the same kind of playoff choke artist that some others on the coaching side the players are the ones that are out there, um, you know, getting their teeth kicked in. So I tend to put it more on them than the than the coaching staff, Boudreaux specifically. But I'm also the reference point is Mike Yo, like I said, for years and years. <laughs> so, um, you know, personally, I I was thrilled, continue to be thrilled that they've got him. Uh, I, I don't um, kind of hang that playoff choking on him quite as much. I think I think the roster construction is really what's damning them in the playoffs more so than Boudreaux as an individual. I mean, you, depending on what you think about um, Parisian Suter, there's not a lot of elite talent on this team, and I think that's what you need to to make deep runs to the playoffs. I think it's a solid roster top to bottom. I think there's some marginal improvements last year that I already mentioned, Winnick and Ennis and things like that. But I had a friend ask me the other night, who I, who I, other than Jason Zucker, who I thought would lead the Wild in scoring, and I couldn't answer him. Because I don't know, you know, who's capable of even scoring 30 goals on this team. Like I say, as, apart from Zucker or an Eric Stahl in a in a in an amazing year, mm-hmm. there is a prospect. Um, I hope I say his name right, Kirill Kaprizov, who's playing in Russia. Who is mm-hmm. he? Is the he is the player that the Wild need to take that next step? And I don't even fully understand what the reason that they can't get him is, other than he's got a KHL contract that can't be broken or bought out or something. So, like, we're going to get this kid in, I think, two years. I think 2020, 20, the 2020 season, I think, is when he's going to come over to the Wild. And until that happens, you know, they're kind of, they're built as a team that has to all kind of play together and not a ton of, you know, maybe individual superstars. So, anyway, the long way of saying I don't hang it all on, on Boudreaux. I just think the, the team is more responsible for, for their playoff. Um, and then also just crazy, random shit like Jake Allen. You know, Jake Allen happens. Um, so... <laughs> There's that, but you know, I personally I don't I don't put too much of it on on Boudreaux. Do you think I'm crazy for saying that? No, I actually I'm kind of in the same boat. I think roster construction is far more important most of the time. I agree, but I think if you have a good roster, then it is coaching. For instance, the Dallas Stars last year I don't think had a bad roster. No. I think there was some yeah. obvious depth issues. Yeah. It's top heavy, Ross. The, the, the stars are very top heavy, I think, in the way that in a way that the Wild are not as much. So I will. The I'd say stars that. are very top heavy, but also you had Jason Spezza's ice time cut to twelve minutes. 
right? Like Roddick Foxa, who is one of the better defensive centers in the league, was playing the same minutes as Jay- more minutes than Jason Spezza for the most part. Like, so you had an, a coach who was using these roster players in a completely opposite manner of when they had found a lot of success. Mm-hmm. I don't have, I have zero issue with Dan Hamus and, and Greg Patteron being a pair together and playing extremely well defensively. My issue is when they started getting the same minutes as John Klingberg. Mm-hmm. And that's a coaching issue, right? Like that's not a roster issue. So I think I, I I agree with you for the most part. If you have a good roster, then then the success or failure comes down on the coach. Yeah. Two wild players I'm curious to get your opinions on. Uh, Charlie Coyle and Nino Niederreiter. I love Nino Niederreiter. I like Charlie Coyle's name. Well, if we're going to go by name, Nino Niederreiter is obviously I know. Name. Well, I mean, obviously. But Charlie Coyle just sounds like... I mean, he sounds like he should be playing Captain America. You know what I mean? Like, he's just got this, like... Mm-hmm. It, it sounds like he's in part of... Uh, he should be in, like, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Or something like that. Well, Absolutely. the... Uh, not to get pedantic. He is from the... <laughs> he's from Boston area, so it's technically pronounced Charlie Coyle. Oh! <laughs> Wow, that changes still... everything. <laughs> still could be in Saving Private Ryan, though. Good, though. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know I forget all the time was in Saving Private Ryan? Speaking of, Vin Diesel. I... What? Yeah. Yeah, he's the, he's the first one of that, of that platoon that dies. He was the one that was trying to save the girl from the, from the house. Oh, my God. I know, right? I was watching that, and I was, I, you know, after the Fast and the Furious franchise and all that, and I was like, wait a minute, that's fucking Vin Diesel. Yeah, yeah, he's in it for a hot minute because he dies first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, anyway, Charlie Quinn had a hat trick against the Avalanche, so, I mean, I tend to think that he, I don't know, I, I, I keep hearing his name. I know he's an exciting player. Is he somebody that I get mad at every time they play the stars? I don't think so. I get more mad at yeah. goaltenders. I'm not a big Coil fan. Like he's, I think he's good depth, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think he'll ever be more than good depth. And good depth is important. Like I say these things, and people sometimes think, "Oh, well, that's rude." But uh, no, like I mean, depth is a good thing to have. If you can be a 40, 50 point player, you are doing a lot to help your team. But you're still only a 40, 50 point player. You're not going, you're not a star. So I think, but I think that's kind of what I'm, yeah, he was a 37 point player last year, but Mm -hmm. he did only play 66 games. So there's a, you know, there's some good reasoning there. Look at his history. Yeah. He hit 56 in a full 82 game season year before. So I think that's probably about what he is. He's probably a 40 to 50 point player. If he, does a career high, I think it'd probably be in the 60s type situation. And that's good. That's what you want from like a second liner, like a tweener, third to second to third liner. And you need those guys, but I don't think you'll ever be a whole lot more than that. Yeah, I'm off the Charlie Coyle bandwagon this this year. For a long time, I held out hope. You know, he's oh, really? 26. He's going to turn 27 this year. Like we've seen what Charlie old. Coyle. Yeah, we've seen what Charlie Coyle can be. For good and for bad. There was some talk last year. That's, there's been talk the last couple of trade deadlines that they would move him. I want to say, I want to say that, I want to say it was Galchenyuk for Coyle last trade deadline. And obviously they didn't pull the trigger. But I'm just I've soured on Charlie Coyle over the last couple of years because when he was 
22, 23, 24, it was more exciting and, hey, what's he going to turn into? And I just feel like we've seen it now. And he's, he, I don't think he utilizes his talents well enough. I don't think he plays to his size. I mean, he's a big guy. 6'3", 220 is what he's listed at. And I'm just kind of, I'm not mad at Charlie Coyle. I'm not mad at Charlie Coyle. I'm just disappointed more than anything. So. <laughs> wow. You're like a true dad. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Oh, man. Charlie Coyle somewhere just, like, felt a pain in his chest and doesn't know why. Like, oh, <laughs> I've disappointed someone. Do you guys think he listens to this podcast? Will he, will he hear this? <laughs> I, he probably does. I'm sure like, he does. I feel like all of our listeners are NHL players for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And mascots. And mascots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Victory Street definitely listens. I mean, and, 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 I... Nito Niederreiter, I say I like more, but he's in the same boat. He is a second to third liner, but I think he's a little more defensively responsible while putting up the point totals that say, like, if he and Charlie Coyle put up the same point totals, I would, which they do, basically, let's be real. They're about the same offensive generation, but Nino Niederreiter is more defensively responsible, which, again, is not a big deal to me, but when you're comparing two people of equal skill offensively, then yes, defense comes in. Mm Mm-hmm. It, to me, it's it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, well, if he had worse offense than Charlie Coyle but better defense, then that would make a lot that decision a lot harder for me. But they're the same. <laughs> and so you're just adding on top with their the bonus defensive play. Hmm. Um, but I also well, don't think he's going to be a whole lot more than like a 60-point career high kind of guy. It's interesting that you put it that way because I always would have figured – I had always thought that – I mean, Coyle is – he plays. He plays more defensively. Nino plays much more offensively. Nino is more of a dynamic, much more of a much, much, much more of a dynamic offensive player. He can do a lot of things that Coyle just can't. Um, so it's interesting to hear you say that that maybe Nino is more uh, you know, defensively uh, responsive, or, or however you put it. Um, well, I think good defense can be done a bunch of ways. Defense, as a rule, is a team stat, right? Like. Mm-hmm. It's a coach-led thing because it's a structure-led thing, and you have to be able to work within the structure to put up good defensive stats. Yo is good at this. Boudreau is good at this. Uh, So, I mean, the Wild have always generally had a pretty good defensive structure. But when you think about it, the talent that makes you good at defense is still a lot of those same things that makes you good at offense. Anticipation. You know, being able to see a play develop before it happens and being able to get yourself in a position to break that play up, to shut down that option. And I think when you're good at offense, you generally are good at, A, making those plays, so you're, you're, well, you're versed in that anticipation. And then on defense, if you can get yourself into the same structure fairly quickly, you can generally break those plays up the same way. And it's actually a lot of what Eric Carlson talks about when he talks about defense, is being able to see the puck, what the decision of the player advancing is going to do. I think that's the one of the talents of defense that's underrated. Yeah, good points. I'm looking at um, I'm looking at the line combos. I think this is updated. Um, for a long time, Coyle was uh, Coyle's been moved from center to wing, and it looks like Erickson Eck is centering Coyle and Greenway on the third line, which is a very uh, intriguing third line. That is intriguing. We mm. could do some things. I don't have a clever transition for this one, but I am going to make us move on. <laughs> you know who else is doing some things? 
<laughs> that we can't name because they happen in Winnipeg. <laughs> oh God! Well, can I get your predictions for the Wild this year? I mean, I have the, like I say, I have the totally um, uh, unobjective, and maybe you can be objective about the Wild too. But what are your, what, what are you, uh, what do you anticipate for uh, them? I don't know. Uh, I, we'll go through our whole ranks at, after we get through all of the teams. I mean, to be fair, he told us what he thought about the Dallas Stars. The least we could do. Yeah. I mean, but I think I think my my opinion of Minnesota is probably as similar as is is Dallas, right? Like I think it's going to be a bubble team, but by a bubble team, I think they're going to be in the mix. <laughs> like they could absolutely make the playoffs this year. That's what they could also not being a bubble team. <laughs> like, literally, is Carolyn. Like you don't have to say, but by a bubble team, I mean, <laughs> like that's just a bubble team. Like I, I guess my, my point is more so that like. I don't know. Like they're they have enough talent to do great, or they could also have the lack of star power we talked about. That could mean they're not gonna do great. We're just in a really fucking hard hard decision. If division, if they played in the Atlantic, yeah, it'd be absolutely. I would think they were playing. Yeah, but because they're here, fuck if I know. <laughs> True. No, I, and I. I mean, I feel very much the same way. Bubble team, but I'm not gonna qualify it. <laughs> So Winnipeg, we do have to talk about Winnipeg at some point here. I hate Winnipeg. There's a um, oh, who is the? I think there's a Snow Patrol song called "I Hate Winnipeg." You guys familiar it's with that Snow song? It's not Snow Patrol. It's um, who is that? The Weaker Thans. Yes, Weaker Thans. Yeah, yeah. I love love that song so much. I I know it very well, but I'm not going to sing it because it is so not in the right key for me. <laughs> do we think Winnipeg is going to be as good as they were last year? No. But I wouldn't bet against them. My feeling is, and who was it? Oh, Colorado, I guess. Colorado and Winnipeg, kind of the, the same, um, same approach, I guess. I just want to see it again. Once is a fluke, twice is a is a trend for me. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely think they could. I mean, their 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 roster and their star power and stuff is just stacked. So absolutely, they could do it again. I just want to see it again, and then I'm going to be fully on, you know, fully bought in. I guess. Mm-hmm. Got it. I think for me, their question is Hellebuck because he has never done before what he did last year. And like before last year, I would never have said he could do that. Yeah, that's a good point. And knowing what we know about goalies, again, I think he's a plenty fine goalie. He's always been a plenty fine goalie. Is he more likely to regress to what he always has been, which again fine or is he going to keep up that Vezina style play and he's young enough that maybe we were just wrong about what we saw before or that he was just building to this point but considering we only have the one season of him being a Vezina style goalie I don't know if I believe it yeah I worry about them just kind of running him into the ground too I mean they started him 67 times last year so yeah a lot of Stars fans we don't know what that's like at all Overworking your one goalie that can actually play. No, no experience. None. But that is true. If they pull a Cam Talbot with him, like, that fucked up. The, like, as much as, like, the Oilers were not a good team this year, like, they <laughs> fucked up Cam Talbot. That was a big problem. That was a huge problem for them. Is they played him, like, 70 games in the regular season, plus the playoffs the year before. Mm-hmm. And that, like, fucked them this year. Fucked them hard this year. I don't like feeling this way, but I feel sorry for every single player who has ever gone to the Oilers. Like, they just don't deserve that. 
Where would you rather live in Winnipeg or Edmonton? Uh, Edmonton. Listen, Winnipeg had like for a long time, the distinction of being the coldest city in the, in the entire world. And I don't, I like the cold, but I don't need that kind of cold. I mean, weather-wise, it seems like Winnipeg is the lateral move from Minneapolis. So in terms of the weather, I don't know if I can knock it that much because... Hang on. Let me let me look at this. Let me look at this. Well, I can tell you right now, today, they're 20 degrees colder than, than you are. Average temperatures in January, they are 20 degrees. No, that's 10 degrees colder than you through January, February, and March. 10 degrees is 10 degrees, but they're still colder. Fair enough. Now they're farther north. I mean, obviously, it's a, it's a n- more northerly city. So, Just a bit. I feel like Edmonton has more to do. It's a bigger city. I want to hear more yeah. about this, this terrible choice that I have to make between Edmonton and Winnipeg. <laughs> like, what situation am I being forced to choose? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why am I having to make this choice? You're a starting goalie for a team that is trying to make the playoffs, and (laughs) you are likely going to play about 70 games. Who do you choose? (laughs) I just looked at their current weather, and it is 83% humidity. No, thank you. In Winnipeg? Yeah, although the same is true in Edmonton, so apparently, apparently it's not. I feel like I would choose Edmonton anyway, just because it is closer to the mountains. But if I were a goalie, I would choose Winnipeg. Because fuck, fuck Edmonton. If I had a choice, I would never go to the Oilers. Like if I'm if I'm an <laughs> NHL player and I have a choice, not even Connor McDavid would draw me to Edmonton ever. <laughs> well, we know that was a choice for Carlson. Yes. Yes. And what does it say about that fucking team that Carlson was like, sure, you are the best player in the entire world, but nope, I am not. Hard pass. Awful team. <laughs> okay, okay, I won't make you choose between Winnipeg and I like that, like, we are again ragging on Edmonton in a, in a preview in which we're not even talking about them. <laughs> like, oh. They come up pretty frequently on this podcast. They do, they do, because I like to laugh at them so much. We can we can grandfather them in because they were in the what was the before the before the um, realignment was it the oh, northwest we were over in the Pacific. Well, so here's my other question. So we know Seattle's probably going to get an NHL team, right? So that means they're obviously going to be in the Pacific Division. So then, who comes into the Central? Is it Las Vegas Ooh. or is it one of like Edmonton or or Calgary? Because uh, right now, everybody's in the central time zone except for Colorado. So we'd more likely get somebody in the mountain time, which is Calgary and Edmonton, than getting one of getting Las Vegas, who's in the Pacific time zone, if I remember correctly. But Las Vegas might actually be closer to most teams for travel. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm, that I was, I've been thinking about this. Like, who comes into... Because the other thing about if we get Calgary or Edmonton, then they break up that Pacific Division rivalry, which yeah, they know dude, the NHL wants. I do not think that they would break up the Alberta showdown. That doesn't seem like a thing that the NHL would be like, yes, let's do that. This thing that generates so much buzz every year, even though these teams are both terrible. Las Vegas. I think it would be Las Vegas. I right? feel like it would be. All right. We have one team left to talk about in the, the Central Division. The Nashville Predators. I want to hate them so much more than I'm able to, and it's because of PKC mm-hmm. fan. I just think in division, if they were in any other, this would be one of my favorite teams if they were in any other division. Yeah, they're so exciting. 
My thing about Nashville is, and I talked about this on uh, on our podcast back when we used to do it, their arena vibe, they're like their fans, I guess, uh, just make it so much fun. Like the, 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 the chance that they do and the energy that they have in their arena. I mean, definitely compared to the wild whose uh, fans are just boring as hell, but like, it's just a fun. <laughs> you, you're serving it up for me, Bob, and I can't, I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> I mean, thanks for, thanks for saying it. So I didn't have to. <laughs> oh man, that was good. Um, I mean, I like their whole vibe is fun, right? Like, I mean, as much as I love like our 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 got Michael Grubauer, our our arena guy, and like all of that, like it's hard to compete with people who just want to come and play live music in your arena all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Like that whole vibe there is so cool. If I if I lived in Nashville, I would be all over that. But mm-hmm. I live in Texas, and I've sold my soul to Jamie Benn. So here I am. My problem, one of my other big problems, especially with the Predators this year, is David Poyle does really good things as a GM from a contract standpoint, from a trades and free agency standpoint, for the most part. But then he really reveals his ass when he does stuff like support Austin Watson. Mm-hmm. Or uh, or the, um, what's his butt? Ribeiro. Ribeiro. Yeah. And it's just like, I get that hockey is a business, but also like, what the fuck? Yeah. Hockey <laughs> yeah. is a business and they don't give a shit. Like, they don't care. And you clearly don't give a shit <laughs> about anything but the business part of it. No. Because it's not just a business. It is entertainment. It is a place to grow role models for kids. Like, what is this whole deal? Like, what is the, this idea that, like, if you're good on the ice, then you're clearly a good person off the ice? Like, that's fucking stupid. There was actually a really great quote recently by an MLB exec over recent domestic violence charges to a major league baseball player whose name I completely forget because I'm doing this off the top of my head. But um, his quote was basically like, I only know this guy in a baseball context and it's become really clear that if you know somebody in one context, that doesn't mean that you know them in all contexts. And it was the first time I'd ever seen anybody in sports admit that. And I was, it was really kind of, I mean, Yes, uplifting is the wrong word, but it felt good to read mm-hmm. that this was finally getting through to somebody in a front office. And I don't think hockey is hockey is obviously not there. No, it's not that I don't think it. I know it's not there. <laughs> and I think Poyle is probably the biggest example of that. I think he's also, if I remember correctly, the longest serving GM of a team at this point. <laughs> Yeah. Do you think Nashville wins the division this year? I do. I don't see how they don't win the division. Based on my my based on my Winnipeg take, I don't see how Nashville. I don't see anybody else wins it other than Nashville. By the way, you are correct. David Poyle by nine days. Who's the second one? I have blanked on that. Ken Holland. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay, so Tanner says, and this isn't a question, it's more of a comment, but I'm gonna lead it into us. Uh, Tanner says, hope the division can be at least a little more forgiving than it was last year. Good Lord, was last year insane. It felt like you couldn't lose a game at all in the division this year, last year. If you had to rank them right now off the top of your head, worst to best, how does the, the central division shake out? Worst <clears throat> worst to best? 
mm-hmm. Blackhawks, Avalanche, uh, and then, like I said before, you can mix and match probably the next three teams. Uh, I would put, <laughs> don't get mad, I would put the Stars probably next, then the Wild, then the Blues, then the Jets, then the Predators. Did I get all of them? Yeah. I think yeah, I did. Yeah, you did. There's only seven in this division, thankfully. Uh, I think mine is almost exactly the same. I would mine? Blackhawks. Yeah. Sorry, keep going. Blackhawks, Colorado. I think I, I'm not convinced by the Blues. I think they'll fuck something up. So I'm going to go Blackhawks, Colorado, St. Louis, Dallas, Minnesota. I feel like it's going to be Dallas, Minnesota with like the same point total. Winnipeg, Nashville. Mine is exactly the same as Carolyn's, except I have more faith in the Dallas Stars. So I am putting them above Minnesota. My thing is like, it feels really, really optimistic to say, oh, we're going to be third in the division. But I also think that like... I don't necessarily believe it. That's more my my feelings bracket. (laughs) (laughs) But since it's my podcast, that's what I can do. Okay, speaking of feelings, let's talk about happy things. Yay! Bob, would you like to go first? Sure, my son started walking Ah! in the last two weeks, which is very exciting. What's his name? His name is Will. He's 14 months and a little bit of change. So he started walking and he started using a little bit of sign language to communicate with us a bit. So that's very happy. Oh, that's cool. That's really happy. Is he, very is he talking yet? Is that a Nate's the baby's talk? Yeah, he, well, he'll he'll say dada and mama and a, a lot of babbling, kind of. Nice. Uh, my happy things are pretty low-key. Low-key happy things. Um, so I mentioned last podcast, my super nerdy Star Trek fitness group that I'm a member of. And yesterday we did what's called a virtual 5K. So like everybody around the globe who was part of this group was able to register for it. And, like, run on our own time. And all we had to do is, like, have, like, a run keeper or Strava or whatever to, like, verify our time. So I did that. And I was very happy with my 5K time, which was the first 5K I've run since moving to Colorado. Hi. And I was really excited about it because, you know, a year ago I couldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. What about you, Marin? So my happy thing is kind of a mixed happy thing. Um, so I have three siblings. And for the last four years, we've all been living in central Texas. Uh, my brothers and I live in Austin, and my sister lives over near Houston. And my little brother and sister are both moving. My sister, is, my little brother is moving to Midlothian. He's living in the Midlothian, working in Waxahachie, which, if you're from Texas, you know, is <laughs> right on that highway going straight into Dallas. So the thing that's, I'm sad he's leaving Austin, but now I'm going to have somewhere to stay (laughs) right on 35 going up to Dallas when I go up to games. So it's going to be cool because I'll never have to get a hotel room in Dallas again. My sister is moving to London. (gasps) The one in Ontario. No, the one in (laughs) England. Wow. What? Yeah. That's awesome. I know. So the, the, the thing that's the only thing that is making me not like break burst into tears all the time is that she's only going to be there for like two years at the most. But now I have a, a guest room to sleep in if I want to go overseas, too. So my siblings are moving into these strategic places that I'm like, this is perfect. I will come see you all the time. Well, not my sister all the time because I still have to cross an ocean. But 
Uh, so my sister and I are already planning my first trip to London. They leave in the beginning of December. So like, it's sad because I want my siblings to be near me all the time because I love my family more than I love almost anybody else in the entire world. But it's happy because now I have good excuses to stay with them. We spent a week in London for the first half of our honeymoon. Oh, and yeah? It was amazing. It was the first time I'd been there, and uh, I just loved it. So I am so excited. I, uh, I've wanted to visit England for a very long time. I've been to Germany and to Italy and to Russia and, like, Romania and uh, a little bit of Austria because I went over to Salzburg. But, like, I haven't been to London at all, and I'm super excited. It's really cool. It's a really cool place. Excellent. Yeah, and my sister's like, uh, so if you they're, they're going to do so much traveling when they live there because you've crossed the ocean, and that's the expensive part. You can get all over Europe real cheap. So mm-hmm. they're going to go everywhere. So she was like, if you want to come when we go somewhere else, like, just let us know. And I was like, yes, thanks. We'll do. That's really, really Oh, cool. I'm so excited. It's going to be great. Should we get into reader questions? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, do you want to ask the first ones? Sure. Shani, ruler of lands, asks, any thoughts on the Carlson trade? I'm pissed. I'm pissed, too. <laughs> I mean... I'm happy for my favorite team in the Pacific, the San Jose Sharks. But I like I, I know that Dallas was in it, and I know that whatever happened, we didn't get it, and I'm so mad. <laughs> like so mad. Bob, did you see? Uh, so um, I don't remember his first name, but Merrick went on that fucking Thirty One Thoughts podcast and revealed what the stars offered, which both Merritt and I had heard, but were keeping mom on well we were told we had to so we were told we had to be mom which is fine but merrick revealed it and now we can talk about it uh did you see that though like what the stars offered for eric carlson i don't think i did no okay so it was uh julius honka devin shore uh a prospect named rup rupa hints ruby hints ruby hints he's finnish you never know how to pronounce that for sure and and a couple of picks. I don't know what kind of picks they were, but I'm I'm pretty confident it was like two seconds or something like that for Eric Carlson. Sounds to me like that was a better offer than what San Jose made. Yeah, you think? Yeah, yeah, it is. It was. It was, in fact, a better offer than what they got. Which what the fuck? Still fills me with a flying rage. Like, <laughs> how dare they? How dare they? <sighs> That's honestly the extent of my thoughts on the Carlson trade. Like, I can't get past that rage. No. Who could? Like, I hate him. Who could? I hate Pierre Dorian. I hate Eugene Melnick. Like, fuck you both. Yeah. I feel so bad. I have so many friends who are Senators fans, mm-hmm. and they are so angry and upset at their own team. Like, I mean, God. Like, if Dallas... There's so many people who thought Dallas would trade Tyler Sagan. Not Stars fans, really. Like, there was some worrying about that, but, like... There were people who were advocating for Dallas trading Tyler Sagan before resigning him, and like, I think it's very much like I can't Im- I can't even imagine what Dallas would be like if they had traded Tyler Sagan instead of resigning him. I'd be picking a new team because that, that that would just indicate to me that they're dumb. <laughs> and that's I think where the Senators, most of my Senators fans are. They're just like, what the fuck happened here? Yeah, yeah. I think it's an all timer, all time bad. I, I really yeah. think this will be. Um, on the Mount Rushmore of bad trades in NHL history. It is so funny how quickly that Mount Rushmore has filled up in like the <laughs> last five, like three yeah, right. years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm happy for Carlson as a person, though. Mm-hmm. He's, I, he has I, been one of my favorite players. He had some real, you know, uh, hardships in his life, personally. So I'm just happy that he can get out of the uh, the cesspool that is Ottawa Senators. So bad. Needed out of there so bad. And I am happy for him, personally, that he is no longer having to deal with that quagmire. Mm-hmm. And happy that that the San Jose Sharks had already flipped Hoffman before he got there. Like, right? <laughs> oh, God. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Can you imagine a world in where you would get taken by a general manager in a trade for Mike Hoffman and then immediately think, hmm, you know who I should trade my star player to? The same team. (laughs) What? Yeah. My gosh. Yeah. No, it's ridiculous. Okay. Number two. If the stars get a third alternate jersey, what do y'all think it would look like? Should look, will look like. Honestly, if it is anything other than the Mooterist, I'm not impressed. Same. Um, forgive my ignorance, but do the stars not have a third jersey right now? No, they don't. They do not. Mm. They haven't in the entire time that I have been a fan. Same, actually. Look, I mean, you you were started starsing, I think, a little bit before I started starsing. So, like, yeah. yeah. Do you think the Wild will get a new third jersey? I fucking love that baseball jersey. Are they going to bring back the baseball jersey? Yeah, as far as I know, there. I think there's some small changes to it, but uh, I think it's and it's it's a super popular around here. It's it's uh, a f- fan favorite. Well, it's better than their goddamn logo. That's why weird bearhead wolf thing. Oh, I have a. Um, I'll have to. I've been meaning to tweet a photo of it. There's a uh, there's a hat company called Zephyr, and they have a line of not just hockey. I think it's called it's Tokyo. Daichi, I guess, and it's this like Japanese version of um, the wild mascot, and who I don't particularly like, but this design of this hat is just amazing. I'm meaning to tweet it out. So, okay, gotta do that. We'll put it up with the podcast. Who who is the wild mascot? Because I don't think I know. That would be Nordy, who is some kind of a um, well, actually, <laughs> he's like a it just it's kind of a bear creature or something, and he's got a mullet. And um, oh, I actually, we don't have time to get into it today, but I believe that he is uh, actually a demon uh, from another dimension. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that fits with our theory of mascots, which is that they hold the player's souls. Uh, <laughs> I did. In line. Yeah. I heard of, I, uh, I, I, yeah, that's a little bit out there, <laughs> but I did, I did hear that theory. <laughs> Uh, so Jen, friend of the podcast, Jen asks, uh, how sweet does the Buttes new locker room look? Uh, looking forward to October 27th for the first win over the Whitecaps. No, false. <laughs> false. So you're, you're an NWHL fan. I'm a new, yeah. I was kind of tangentially a fan over the last couple of years. I followed the league and was happy that there was a league, but I was kind of waiting until they expanded to Minnesota, which I didn't think would happen this fast. So I'm thrilled. I mean, I have season tickets. Um, we met some of the players at the, uh, there was an event at the XL Energy Center. We got to meet some of the players and stuff. So, yeah, I'm thrilled. I think the Buttes are going to take the league for sure. I think the Buttes are so stacked. And it's not that the Whitecaps aren't going to be good too, but I think the Buttes are so stacked. Yeah, you're probably right. I love the Whitecaps' new logo though. It's a little wave M. Mm, I don't know. I, I don't know. 
Oh, I think we had this conversation on Twitter. But you also didn't realize yeah. that it was an isn't that right? You didn't realize that it was an M until like It took me a minute. A while. Yeah. I don't know. I mean <laughs> it's hard to have I guess actually kind of like the wild, not to bring it back to the NHL too much, but like with with a team name like Whitecaps, it's hard to have a a logo or a mascot, you know, because it's just like a wave. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm I hope that it'll grow on me. I don't I like their color scheme. I don't really love the 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 M uh logo personally. I don't know. I think it's pretty good. I do I do think just to kinda of actually answer the first question, I love how much money the Pagulas are investing in the Buffalo Buttes. Mm-hmm. Like it's awesome to see. Like they've got a ton of really cute merch. The locker room looks so sweet. I don't know. Everything like the Buttes look like a like not that the other teams don't, but like the whole setup for the Buttes looks like a professional hockey team in a way that you don't get if you don't have a lot of money being poured into the system. I don't know, because everything is buttes. Like they've got the wall decals, they've got the like phrases in the locker room that you see in NHL locker rooms or even like really high-end college locker rooms, you know, stuff like that. Like you've got the, it's clear that there is a big investment being made there. And I think that's just so cool. Yeah. And the Whitecaps have a a nice partnership with the, the wild, the Whitecaps are going to play their, um, their games at the Wild. I think it's at their practice facility. It's called Tria Rink um, in St. Paul. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been there yet, but uh, I hear it's pretty amazing. Yeah, at this point, the only two teams in the NWHL who don't have a like long-term partnership is... Actually, I might be wrong. I think Boston is playing at the uh, Warrior Hockey Rink, the Bruins practice facility now. But um, I might be wrong about that. They definitely have had games there. Um, but the, the Connecticut whale don't have like a permanent home or obviously an NHL team to partner with. (laughs) And, and I think Boston's partnership, even if they are playing at warrior is like, basically that's about as far as it goes. Whereas the devils have been a really good partner for the NWHL. And I think that I'm certain the wild are going to be a very active partner as well. Like they've already seemed like a very active partner for the NWHL and you haven't even played any games there yet. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty cool. I'm really excited about this season. So Saturday, October 22nd, uh, excuse me, October 27th, um, Buttes are at Minnesota. So I should I should be at that game to watch the Whitecaps be victorious. So that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say about that. I'm going to I'm going to miss their season opener because our friend has a our friend's kid has a first birthday party. So um, can't make it to the first game. But and I'm a little bit annoyed that they and I understand why they do it. I'm a little bit annoyed that they have their games all kind of back to back on weekends right now. Mm-hmm. Like I say, I get why they do it, but you know, as um, if I was, as somebody with a with a kid, it's hard to to make those plans to get to to all the games. Second question: Watching the Monty mic'd up video and hearing his accent, do you think we'll ever get a head coach with a Southern accent? Someday, maybe. Yeah, not for a while. No. I wonder if Monty's. If Monty stays in Dallas long enough, he'll get a little bit of a Texas. I don't know. Because how long has Tyler Sagan been here? He's still calling it dip cheese. (laughs) Why'd you have to bring that back up? Because I never forget it. Every time I look at him, it's right there in front of my mind. Like, you call it dip cheese. Yeah. Because once you let yourself forget Carolyn, it's over. Then you're just (laughs) accepting that he calls it dip cheese. You have to stay angry about it. 
That's my secret, Carolyn. I'm always angry. <laughs> we know. We know. <laughs> oh. Uh, Want to go ahead and read the last one? Yes. Andrew, too cool for Cali LA. Again, describe how stacked each Central Division team is as a flavor of pancake. I thought about this question a lot. <laughs> and I honestly, I couldn't do it. It's too, uh, the, the question is just too phenomenal for me to even f- begin to formulate a uh, an answer. Although I was thinking more about it, and I'm not sure if I can name seven different kind of pancakes. <laughs> so, uh, oh, no, we've got a Kirby Lane. Somebody, I was about to say, somebody's never been to Kirby Lane. Yeah, I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know what that is. It's like this all-day breakfast place. All, like, it's a 24-hour breakfast place, but it's actually good. Mm. Yeah, they have, I mean, they have amazing pancakes. They have, like, key lime pie camp pancakes. Um, birthday cake pancake. I feel like, okay, if we're going to talk about like how good they are in terms of pancake, uh, Chicago is banana nut. It's like a okay ish. Yeah. Um, I feel like all of our like middle teams are going to be some sort of fruit pancake and your, your love for them depends on which fruit you like better. So like blueberry or strawberry or raspberry pancakes for like, Dallas and Minnesota and St. Louis. Okay, but Dallas has chocolate chips in it too. Okay. Well, okay. I'll tell you what. So Colorado can be blueberry. Dallas is chocolate chip. Name a fruit, Bob, for Minnesota. Um, blackberry. Minnesota is, is blackberry. Pancakes? <laughs> yeah, sure. Does now. And St. Louis is raspberry. Like those four are almost all interchangeable depending on your, your desire, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, Winnipeg is, like, gingerbread. Yeah, that's a wintery kind of one. And then what would Nashville be? Probably just whatever the most opulent kind of pancake there is. There's a creme brulee pancake that uh, Kirby Lane does. Absolutely. Absolutely creme brulee pancake. There you go. That's it. We have done it. We have done the impossible. We have, we have pancaked the, the division. <laughs> And that's all we have for you today. Yay! <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much. Where can uh, our listeners find you? You can find me on Twitter. My handle is at Boba Fenwick. I don't tweet a lot about hockey too much anymore. It's mostly um, political rage tweeting, if I'm honest. Because <laughs> I mean, that's... that's honestly what mine is boiled down into. So it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, so I try to tweet hockey once in a while, but it's not its not primarily, you should know, it's not, not primarily a uh, hockey account. And that's about it, because I'm not blogging and I'm not podcasting. You know, I'm just taking it one day at a time with that. <laughs> so pretty much just on Twitter. Cool. And you can find us on Twitter as well. I'm at Klauselicity. I am at Marinish. And you can find our official Twitter at Depart Hockey. And if you have a longer question, comment, or pancake flavor you want to share... Uh, you can email us at departhockey at gmail.com. You can also find our blog at departhockey.wordpress.com. Bye. See ya.